Welcome to the Afterwatch with Lavar and Phil. Back to another episode of the Afterwatch. I'm Lavar. I'm Phil. Today we're going to be talking about Sicario. All right, cool, awesome. Uh, the movie came out in 2015, directed by Denise Villeneuve. Uh, that director also directed movies such as Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, Enemy, Prisoners, amongst others. The movie Sicario, uh, according to the IMDb page, an idealistic FBI agent is enlisted by a government task force to aid in the escalating war against drugs at the border area between the U.S. and Mexico. This movie is starring Emily Blunt, Josh Brolin, Benicio Del Toro, Victor Garber, John Bernenthal, Daniel Kaluuya, amongst others. Right. Phil, uh, what were your first impressions of Sicario? Yeah, well... Um I really liked it. I think this is kind of hitting at the point of the, the after watch, even just us even recommending some good movies to watch yes. and other movies to avoid. <laughs> I definitely think Sicario is a movie to watch. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Yes. Um, so please take take some time to, to watch this movie. Um, in general, I am a big fan of uh, Denis Villeneuve. I think he's at the top of his game right now, like with uh, what LeVar said about Blade Runner 2049 and Arrival. Um, um, really well directed. So, yeah, with Sicario, yeah, Denis uh, Villeneuve did an amazing job uh, directing a very gritty, but this uh, gritty film, but it's actually really very beautifully shot. Yes. Right? Uh, yes. Roger Deakins was the, the DP on it, and uh, whatever he touches, it kind of turns to gold. So do you want to elaborate what a DP is and what their job is, roughly? Well, kind of like a, a DP, from the best of my understanding, you can correct me in the comments, is just basically like the assistant director in, in choosing shots um, and like even sometimes like the visual style of, of the film, mm -hmm. um, like uh, throughout the film going forward. And uh, some, it's something that people don't really pay attention to too much when they watch the film. They just see the director and stuff like that. But the, the DP, the director of photography, is, is somebody who's very important uh, to the film filmmaking process and just establishing the visual aesthetic of the film um so yeah so um so i, I just want to add real quick as a cinematographer D, uh, roger deakins has worked on films such as bleed one of 2049 hill caesar unbroken prisoners shawshank redemption shawshank redemption skyfall james bond skyfall true grit the remake so that's the yeah, and No Country for Old Men. No, oh, right? Okay. Did you say Skyfall already? Yeah, Skyfall. Yeah, yeah, Skyfall. That third act is Skyfall. Beautiful, and The Village, and The Village. That was the beginning of the end of M Night Shyamalan for me. <laughs> it's a beautifully shot movie. Like the first, like the first two thirds of that movie, yeah. beautifully, beautifully shot. I remember watching a scene where two characters are talking outside of like kind of like a like a wheat field, and then over top of the wheat field, there's like this this mist yeah so it makes like a direct line between like the two characters as they're oh, okay, as they're okay. talking with each other yeah. absolutely beautiful <laughs> but like i said what i liked um just the directing in general um this is it's it's funny this is like a true crime film mm -hmm. but it's it's shot 
so beautifully as well too and after just watching like say arrival blade runner 2049 and, and sicario yeah i watched them out of order like there is this like aesthetic to uh uh Denis stuff where he's tackling different genres but there's this, still this level of artistry to all the films that he directs so this sicario is a very gritty film you know a yeah. lot of gunfire like the showing the the, the horrors of the drug war mm-hmm. but um very inventive ways of conveying that that normally the, the the regular viewer may not like pay attention to that they may have this innate sense where like wow this is actually very visually appealing for me to look at yes, right but they they may not necessarily include like oh wow like like oh, why is he making these choices with this sort of story because usually mm-hmm. when you watch like gritty true to life type of stories they aim to be a lot more naturalistic with everything that they that they, that they do right like the more kind of grit the better and this film does do that but it does it and executes it in a very uh, visually appealing way i'd you know? say it's one of the most visually appealing movies i've seen in a while that and uh, two other movies i could put up there as well but it is very visual appealing i found it well, i found it with his movies at least of late the ones i've seen of his they're very i, I was talking about very quiet movies yes Right, right. Yeah. Very kind of subtle, even though it's in, it can be very intense. Right, right. Something very subtle about all his movies that you, you're watching it. It's a quiet time. You're looking at what's going on. High stakes, big things are happening. Deep questions are being asked. Yeah, it shows kind of like a mastery, you know, with like directing, building suspense, and yes. then payoff. Yes. Right. Yeah. Set up and payoff. Right. Yes, so true. usually, like in, in lesser kind of action movies, it's just like bam, bam, bam. Just like a lot of explosions, a lot of continuous action kind of taking us off our equilibrium like just always putting us in a state of flux so that makes it gives us like the the insinuation of excitement of, yeah. of, of tension exactly whereas like say like jaws you know like the like the first kind of blockbuster or whatever that is actually a very quiet movie and then it just builds to things that are really huge and big and sensational with a shark basically eating a boat or like taking down a boat at the end but if you watch the beginning of like jaws like yeah. it's just really just uh um, a problem of uh, the summer season being ruined because there's a shark problem, and they're trying to, you know, preserve their <laughs> preserve their their summer season in this sleepy coastal town. I, I, you what, know what I like about it because it, with with Sicario, it starts. It just starts. Yes, is that you don't wasting time with anything else, and you get to know the characters as you go through it. But also how he uses the music and the score of the film as, as well. Contrast to something like a horror movie, it will give away what's going to happen next. Right here, you like you're saying about suspense, it builds suspense, and you don't know when something's going to happen. Like you, you just hear the music and it's, okay, something's going to happen, but nothing happens. Well, do you have an example of that? Like uh, at the beginning, I, I honestly at the almost at the very beginning, the two officers, Emily Blunt and Daniel Kalula, are off, FBI agents actually, and they're going to investigate a, a, a home that uh, I, I believe owned is owned by drug uh, dealers. By a cartel, yeah. By a cartel, thank you. And he, they go in, and they're going down the uh, around the corner and going through the hallway, and you hear that music, that kind of no, 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 music going on, kind, kind of similar to the Jaws, actually. Right. You know, <laughs> and you wait for something to happen, and sometimes it pays off. A, a gunman comes out of the closet and starts shooting at people, but sometimes it's just setting suspense that something else is not right here. So right. after they take down the people who are in the house and they make a discovery of things that are in the house, I don't want to spoil it for you, but things that are in the house... Um, and other agents come on the scene and they're having the conversation and say, okay, this was going on. The music comes back again, I believe. And something else is about to happen, but you don't know what or from where. 
Right. So there's always an anticipation of something else is about to happen, something else is around the corner. And that's also done with silence as well. Because right. as much as it uses music and sound, it also uses silence in a way that I've never seen before. Right. So yeah. even the silence is like, okay, how should I feel right now? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? Even at the end of the movie, because you said you know, this, this build up and this payoff, the payoff came very quietly. Yes. It's, it's very, and the shift of the movie from, because going in, you think it's about Emily Blunt. Right. And it is for the most part, but then yes. it shifts to somebody else in the movie. Right. And then it kind of goes back to Emily Blunt a little bit, but it's not about Emily Blunt's character as right. much as it's about the other character. Well, I think it is about Emily Blunt's character and the secondary character. I'd say, like, we could say that there's uh, Benny Suda, Tomorrow's yes. character. Yes. Uh, he plays Alejandro. He's a consultant with the uh, with the FBI, right? A special task force. Yeah. Right? I think the task force between the CIA. The FBI. Yes. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. The CIA, right? Um, I don't know if I don't get this exactly. Is it like FBI deals with domestic? Yes. And CIA deals with abroad. Yes. Right. So um, we're not Americans, so we <laughs> have to. We've just learned what we've know what we know about um, government organizations through TV shows and from movies. Yes. Yeah. So Quantico. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think that lends itself to your point when you talk about the shift from Emily Blunt's character to to Alejandro uh, Benicio del Toro's character. It it, it shows um, Denny is dealing with this this theme, yes, right. And I think like one of the other positives, in which I look at all films, especially this one, is that it's very clear in showing um, its theme and, and about the complexity of dealing with like kind of like the horrendous problems mm-hmm. of 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 drugs within the states. That's it's not so specific to that. It's more so the lengths to, you have to go to deal with evil. Yes. Right? And I think that's that's the kind of the, the point it's trying to kind of address in showing the pervasiveness of this problem, right? The setting up of this this story mm-hmm. of um um of uh of Emily Blunt and uh man a blank, uh, Daniel Kalua mm-hmm. uh as they go to this house in the first place, they think it's one thing, mm-hmm. but actually ends up being something bigger mm. and then mm-hmm. right it's something actually something worse and then that leads to the inciting incident yes. within the movie we're gonna let's probably are we gonna talk spoilers i don't want to give too many spoilers away okay i, well, I think at least I, that first half hour i don't want to give that first half hour away well is, is, is a spoiler really the first half hour the spoiler is well, really the payoff it, at the end the, well the payoff at the end is, is a spoiler but certain things that happen in the first half hour when i first watched it i was like oh I didn't see that coming. Right. So I don't want... Okay, so no, I won't give a spoiler to the inciting incident okay. of the movie, right? So the catalyst to actually move the story forward is, is something that happens in their in their raid, yeah. basically, yeah. right? So yeah. something happens in the raid that propels them forward that they actually have to investigate this cartel even further, yes. right? And yeah. that leads them to being introduced to Josh Brolin's character, mm-hmm. Matt Gra- uh, Graver, and um, eventually her meeting with Alejandro as well too yes. right so it, it's and and basically the kind of the main theme is just kind of dealing with this idea of like how do you handle evil the problem it, it deals with a, a general philosophical problem like how do you deal with evil and what is their solution to it right and mm-hmm. and Emily Blunt is contrasted to Josh Brolin's character where Emily Blunt is wanting to do things by the book and yeah. and and, yes. and uh justly deal with this problem of evil whereas Matt Graver and 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 Benicio del Toro's character Alejandro their view is to more so 
get it like, done. We have to get it done, but there has to be a sort of um, a pragmatism to dealing with evil. Yes. The ideals don't have necessarily a place in dealing with this with this problem, mm-hmm. and and dealing with that like the problem of evil the drug trade and just like the impending like pervasiveness of it and the corruption that is in in, in inherent yeah. with with the with the drug trade and, and and dealing with this massive problem that seems insurmountable it is a great kind of staging ground to actually have this kind of ideological uh back and forth well, about it is definitely interesting because uh when you were when you were mentioning that in our in our pre-conversation as well i thought of you know doing what is right versus doing what is necessary um, as kind of a, an idea or a theme that's flowing around. Right. Or doing what is what needs to be done and doing it the right way even is another way of looking at it because, again, Josh Brolin and Benicio's characters are, let's get this thing done. Right. Let's end this. And if you have to get our hands dirty, if you have to bend things to our way to get it done, let's get it done. Right. As you stated, Emily Blunt is about, well, it's, it's it's not the right way of doing it, and uh, I think the examination of ideals and how ideals play into solving problems and how right. ideals, I guess, are supposed to keep us from going too far over to the other side. Right. I guess the the question that could arise is, well, how much do we sacrifice our ideals before we become the same people that we're trying to fight against? Right. I think it's kind of, even if you look at say Batman in the shows in the comic books, or whatever, it's the same type of thing. Batman has this line he won't cross, right? Because he doesn't want to become like them, right. as it were, and become another type of uh, a villain, right. in his own city. So that is those are interesting kind of things to explore. Yeah, and I think it's it's also it does it it does lend itself to examining those themes, but. Ultimately, when we look at, at this movie and you watch Emily Bunn's character navigate through the story and be in this working relationship with uh, Josh Brolin and, and, and Benicio Del Toro, yes. um, it is kind of like a loss of kind of innocence yes. story That's in right. a sense, right? Like, I think primarily through she maintains her innocence to, to for the most part. For the most part. I, I, I think she does, and, and but I think that's even makes things a little bit more stark because her yeah. desire throughout the whole thing is like, no, we need to deal with it this way, this certain way. But she's being brought into this world where her, where she's now, she's not sullied herself, but she's having to deal with people that are dealing with these things in a sullied way for the, the most pragmatic way to handle, you know, said problem. So as she goes through the film, she's, she's been, she's betrayed. She's taken advantage of, Mm -hmm. you know, she's kind of even pushed around. She's pushed to do things that she normally wouldn't do Mm -hmm. as being related to her job. But that's being tied to look how grave and look how bad the situation is, you know, and it is very interesting to see, it, it, it's, it's very smart of Denny to have her character like set up in that way yes. where um, she makes a choice because she wants to pragmatically deal with this problem, but she sees how it's actually being dealt with and she's not necessarily fully on board with that. She's a very hesitant participant yes, in, in, all, a lot of, in a yeah. lot of these things, and yeah. which even leads to the end where she's even in direct contrast yes. to, you know, the solution that they actually come to at the end of the movie. And she's put at odds, you know, with, um, with, uh, um, with, uh, Matt Graver and Benicio del Toro in handling, you know, this, this large problem. So it, it's very masterfully done. Like it's a movie that I'd love to come back to. I think just even storytelling wise, it's just effective storytelling, you know, and, 
we're t- we're brought into the world of of this character. It's a very engrossing world. Like he, uh, Denise right. is very good in bringing the audience into the film with him. Right. Which I I don't think I've experienced that in a while. To be honest with you, it's a movie to watch. I'm entertained by. I'm right. lost within it. Don't get me wrong. But as a modern movie being made in the last, uh, I guess at this point, three years now. It's one of those movies that really grabbed my attention. Right. It really said, oh, wow, this is, this is, I remember it was recommended to me at one point when yeah. I was in theaters. I eventually saw it and I ended up watching it like a lot since then. Well, see, and, and I think that's comes down to like, like storytelling and picking the right point to tell yeah. the story at. You, you pick the point of a story, of a character's like life, you know, that is the most impactful. And, and that happens a lot of times where sometimes a movie is made and it's told at the wrong point yeah. in, in their story. Like my example, I know people really like, um, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 a lot. For myself, I thought it was well structured, well told yeah. story, but I didn't really care. I felt like the the company or, or Disney Marvel told us that, you know, the story about, uh, Star Lord and his dad is a story that we want to hear. Yeah. Whereas, what after watching the first movie, I was like, "That's not the story that we want. That's not the story that naturally leads or builds mm. on top of what they've set up from before." I guess you. That so, it was like, yeah, it's a good movie, but that's not the story that I I needed to actually mm-hmm. see, and that's a choice that directors and writers have to make as well too. That's a lot really difficult. Um, like I work in the animation industry and, and um, I consider myself a storyteller as well. And, and that's a choice that you always have to make that you have a story characters that you're engaged with, but you always have to choose what point in your, in their life do you, is the most change. What epitomizes, mm. you know, their transformation from going from point A to being a different person at the end. And Emily Blunt's character is a very different person at the very beginning. And, and, and it is, it, it, her story is a loss of innocence story. Right, I think she's the only person who changes in that movie. A lot of the main characters, no one else really changes. But see, that is good writing as well, too, <laughs> right? Because that is good writing. Because I think we want to watch the main character go through a change and vicariously live through her life experience. We may not necessarily agree with the point she comes out to at the end, yeah. But we see and mm. follow this main character from the beginning to the an ending journey. point. All the other secondary characters, there needs to be a question, and then it needs to be how do these people relate to this question, yeah. right? And we see that definitely with mm. Matt Graver, Benicio Del Toro, uh, Daniel Kalua. We see his view on top of that because he's kind of like the Jiminy, I call him, he's kind of like the Jiminy Cricket yeah, kind of yeah. character yeah. for Emily Blunt or whatever as she's being involved in this world and he's that voice on the other side. And that's just smart writing dealing with an ensemble cast, mm. right? Just like, main character like main problem and and people's views on on that as well too because i find like a lot of times different movies like oh we want to give everybody an arc i'm like no you don't necessarily need to give you need to give the right people the arc yes you know you need to see the right people going through the the transformation or like having the main character transform and have another character transform you know and you still see those opposing views because it is it is an essay you know like Mm. when we watch when we watch films and stuff like that it is they do have a point you know and and a point that they hopefully no good films good films (laughs) should have a point that is trying to get across Mm. you could say yay or nay to i agree with or don't agree with or or that's an interesting way to think about i've never thought about it that way yes you know and so even with dealing with this story i think did denny uh write this i don't think he wrote this one okay i'll double check Okay, well, yeah, well, with just that, you know, there is, 
there's all these things he didn't write it right, right? so there's a lot of these things like tied up within this and i thought that uh denny did a very good job of dealing with a screenplay that pointed to this one central problem and how to deal with it and it doesn't have to be and it wasn't overt it wasn't it didn't pander yes to to the audience and oh, try to beat them over the head yeah. you know like oh, I, I, I the audience intelligence or anything right i, or I just have to guess what's the connection between things right 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 you know like i i i love that a lot like mm-hmm. i'd rather you make me work a little bit more by showing it and, and this is uh sorry i'm rambling but here's another point um in terms of he chose to show more you know than say more, yes yes right yeah and and that is the hallmark of you know of good filmmaking is to show not tell same thing with arrival right same thing with enemy yeah right yeah. arrival is arrival is a, is a great movie of just like showing us and not telling i admit i've grown to appreciate the movie more when i first watched arrival yeah. didn't like it yeah then i watched it again like eh. I watched it the third time like okay yeah all right and and, and part of the reason i like it more because is your is your kind of perspective on arrival mm-hmm. if i went back to rewatch it like yeah it feels right yeah i see that now and and yeah. learn to appreciate denise's right making regards to arrival yeah. um but yeah no everything you said i think is spot on and and and, and significant points and all this as well is <clears throat> excuse me and like I think it's one of the examples of a movie that you have everything um, firing on all cylinders. Everything yeah. used to tell the story. Right. The silence, the sounds, the visuals, the acting, the ver- the verbiage. Everything is utilized as tools to tell one story, which sometimes you don't get in some movies. Some movies you look at, uh, whether it's you know one of the Marvel blockbuster movies or what have you, it's spectacle. The, the special effects is, is there to entice you. The story is kind of there. And but they don't work cohesively to tell one particular examine a particular theme or tell one particular story. Right. So uh, on, a, on the flip side, though, an example of of a good way of that being done, I would say, is uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. Okay. Which which I would say uh, okay. I would say it it examines a particular theme and idea and compounds it through the characters, through the action, through the th- like every way. Uh, I think the theme of that movie is like uh, change. Yeah, you know, or a person can change. You can't see it right now. You, you may <laughs> hear my voice that, <laughs> but Phil's face shows he's not a big fan. Of I, that I'm, movie. I'm very skeptical of but that movie. I, I think that movie is a, is a it's a better movie that is okay. Side note: Desmond franchise isn't a good franchise. However, there are a few movies that stands out. Okay, I, okay, I'll, I'll give put, you I'll that. that. I'll okay, that. I'll give okay. you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, Denise Villeneuve is is definitely dynamite on this. I haven't seen Blade Runner yet. I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah. But Arrival's been good. Uh, Enemy has been good. Prisoners is, is is intense as well. Yeah. Well, like concerning like Blade Runner, I I liked Blade Runner. Um, there's some very interesting themes that it examines. It is a bit deliberately paced like like it's a bit slow in its pacing okay yeah, right that, like yeah. i think like me personally i think it could have been trimmed by maybe like 15 minutes or so okay. right but i think it is the same kind of denny Villeneuve film and he kind of fixes you know blade runner like some of the problems people had with it like mm. decker not really doing that much detecting and stuff like that you know like like um ryan gosling's character is actually a detective in the film yes. and um he's actually solving a problem and he actually has an arc in the film which is really interesting um to okay. watch right. you know you know, like it, it is like if you know the Blade Runner franchise, so like be forewarned, be prepared. It is like 
post-apocalyptic, you know, dystopian, very negative view of the future. I might have a movie. Yes. <laughs> so just be uh, prepared for that, for all of that kind of entails. But um, same thing as, as Sicario, just a uh, well-thought-out theme. Just really interesting things in terms of examining, um, like, humanity and, and what that is. And, um, yeah, like... I, it, it, I think a hallmark of a good sci-fi movie is asking right questions but not giving answers right asking good in-depth philosophical uh sometimes theological questions and examining it looking at it from different perspectives but don't not feeding us the answers right we walk out thinking man can x be x can y be y is that how humanity is supposed to be right asking questions so we can think right afterward i think those are good good when it comes to sci-fi movies good things to walk away from well i, I think also with. like it's asking questions maybe not necessarily like oh not giving answers but there has to be an opinion there or people embracing opinions there yeah no yeah, right that, that, but, yeah. but one opinion is not necessarily overshadowing another necessarily right, it's right. different opinions being shared so right. something being fully examined options being laid on the table right and you're left to make a decision right with what option to go with Okay, okay. Or, or even developing a new option. I, I saw that in Looper. I saw that in a few other sci-fi things as well. Right, right, um, right. But let's, yeah. let's, let's not bring up Ryan Johnson. Let's, lest we forget. Okay. <laughs> Last Jedi. Worst movie of 2017? 2018. 2017? Yeah, worst movie. Okay. Um, that's another podcast. Um, so how much more time do we have? A minute. A minute. Okay. Well, we we did a, a good job. If you if you have any, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna well, take that out. <laughs> what? You don't have to take that out. Yo, okay. this is real. All right. True. This is All yo. Right. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. Right. <laughs> 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 um. Um. Any like final thought? Like, well, would we recommend it? I think we've just talked about this film glowingly, yeah, like across the board. I, I wish I like. I wish I could just do like just a spoilery type thing. Just tell you everything about this movie. That's amazing. He's one of the movies I would say as as amazing as it is. I I would rather keep the spoilers out. Yeah. Go check it out. Uh, don't get me wrong. The only major spoiler is at the end, yeah. and it's not even a spoiler as much as. You don't know how far Benicio de Torres character is willing to go. Like, you don't know how how far he's willing to go yeah. until the end of the movie. Then you're like, right, oh right. snap, he's really willing to go that far. Right, right, and right. And he's a man who's been tortured. Right. So he was, I would say, probably innocent. And we come in at the movie where he's always his innocence has been sacrificed. Right. Actually, that is actually a very good point. Just right. even to show the contrast between Emily Blunt and Benicio del Toro. Exactly. Where there's innocence and loss of innocence. Right. Yeah. No. I think that's actually a very good point. So it, it, it's 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 very it's very interesting to follow these guys these people's journeys throughout the movie. So yeah, I say I recommend it. Yeah. Um, not for kids. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Like totally, totally uh, think about it. Um. And and yeah, totally take it in and, and, and I, watch I, this movie. And I also recommend other Denise's uh, uh news other movies as well like arrival and uh and me we'll discuss about some of those movies on other podcasts but just offhand um arrival is one to watch yeah arrival and, is and, a very and good i would say that it's a rewatch as well yeah uh <laughs> i watched it a couple times yeah all right it's 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 really good really really well i'm gonna watch it probably another time as well uh and also just a quick note sicario 2 is coming out I am not so confident about that. Neither am I. Yeah, because I'm not interested, I think uh, Denny is going to be a producer on it. That's what I heard. I believe so. He's but not directing it. But the thing is, though, sequels. We'll see how they handle it. Well, well, I mean, some sequels are good. Yeah, Spider Man so Two. 
Raimi Spider-Man 2. Yeah, Raimi yes. Spider-Man 2. Raimi yes. Spider-Man 2 is, I think, is the best Spider-Man movie. Right. I haven't seen Homecoming yet, so... Yes. I've, but I've Raimi Spider-Man 2, it, that tackles the themes the themes of of spider-man so well you know like tying the, the emotional and the physical he doubts himself he's losing his powers you know like he has these spotty powers as he's doubting himself it's so it's great i love i love i could do a retrospective on spider-man we'll, we'll, raimi 2 you know what we'll talk about spider-man spider-man uh, raimi 2 sorry just, spider-man 2 the raimi version okay there's, there's a quick note sicario is coming out this year uh 2018 sicario 2 sicario 2 sorry 2018, uh, June 29th, approximately, and uh, Josh Brolin, Benicio Totoro will be returning. Um, not Emily Blunt, from what I can see. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to rush to watch it. Yeah. Me but neither. Sicario 1, I, I do recommend. Yeah, definitely. So if you like this episode, definitely leave us a comment. What, you, what are your thoughts? What do you want us to review? Yeah. Take a look sure. at it. And uh, until next time. All right. Take care. All Bye. Right. Peace. Autobots, transform and roll out. Ha, 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 ha.